This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, topic number three, Greg Dickerson. Again, he has a playlist on this channel. If you want to be a part of the expert series, make sure you subscribe to the channel. You can leave comments. We both look and answer the questions when they come up. Uh, So this is going to be a fun topic, Greg. Thanks for uh, being a part of today. Yeah, man, it's been a good one. We had uh, two good episodes so far, so let's close it down. Yeah, that's right. Close strong. Uh, This is one I get all the time. And we really got to answer it two different ways. And that is, hey, the market's kind of on fire, at least for single family. It's certainly interesting in commercial. Some segments hot, some segments cool. Uh, But what do you guys do with your cash, right? And um, when I get that question, I really really have to think about it two ways. Because there was Mike Zuber a decade ago, and then there's Mike Zuber today. I don't know if it's the same for you, but, you know, there was a time in my career where if I saw a too big a number in my bank account, I was freaking out. Like I had to deploy it. So uh, I don't know what you think about that question, but I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So it all depends on, you know, how much you have, what stage of life you're in and what your goals are. So there's there's different levels there. So let's say, you know, you're ultra high net worth, you know, you're liquid, 50, 100 million or more. You know, you're going to have very different strategies there and you're going to want to hold a certain percentage of that in very liquid um, assets like, you know, maybe uh, money markets, you know, something like that. You're going to have some mm-hmm. cash set aside. Um, that are liquid, you can get out really quick. Uh, sometimes you're going to hold that in treasuries. Sometimes you're going to hold that in real estate and some of it you're just going to keep in the bank, right? Yeah. So you got to spread it out. So, you know, when you're at that level or more, you know, that's kind of how that works. And then when you're ultra, ultra, and you know, you're hundred million or more, generally you're going to find a lot of those in bonds, you know, treasuries, maybe, you know, maybe some gold, things like that. You know, if, if they're in equities, you're going to hold some of that, but that's not somewhere where you would just typically put yeah. cash. Yeah, it's not you know, cash. Uh, yeah. yeah, equities is not a cash uh, st- you know, it's not where you store your not cash. cash management. No, right. Not typically. Right. That's a little bit different. You know, today now that what you know the whole don't fight the Fed. That's what don't fight the Fed means yeah. is that they're pushing you into risk assets to store cash. Mm-hmm. So that's really at the essence of don't fight the Fed. What that means. So today, institutions are being pushed and forced into risk assets for yield. For sure. Uh, where typically they'd hold them in treasuries or bonds or something like that. So, so that's there, you know, for the average individual, you know, that's doing whatever early stage career, when you're in your building phase, you know, you want to, you want to move your cash, deploy it in and out, keep it moving. So for me, I've always been a compounder of cash and I've been a developer. So, you know, you need cash when you're a developer. It's a very cash intensive business um, as you go through. And it's so funny is that, you know, I'd build my cash up and every time I had cash like you, I'd be like, okay, I need to put it to work and I'd go find deals. And then I'd have no cash and something yeah. would pop up. I'm like, ah. Yeah. So it was really funny. Every time I used cash, I needed more cash, you know? So I, I went on this path to where I wanted to build and have that cash set aside and ready and started building my other, uh, you know, um, uh, financing options so that I didn't have to use my own money. So that became a challenge to me as I became more experienced, more skilled in my my financials and my credit situation grew and I was able to borrow more money from banks and things like that. I would challenge myself not to use my cash and to use these other resources. Ah, So, um, yeah, and I didn't rely on investors or or private lenders early in my career. It was all me, my own cash, the companies I had, the cash flow they were generating in banks. 
that's where I got all my money early on in my career. Yeah. And then as I grew in my skill and expertise later and figured out you could do deals with people and people yeah. would lend you money. You know, I didn't even know that starting. I out. didn't I mean, either. First, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, yeah. The first time I experienced that was when a friend of mine came to me and it was the first real estate deal I did. We've talked about it on here. It was a lot flip. Yeah. He said, Hey, there's a lot over here. You know, we can buy it today. My dad's got a client. We can sell it to him next week for 30,000 more than we buy it for. And I'm like, can you do that? And he's like, yeah. You know, he said, you put up all the money, I'll do everything else. And he was a realtor. So that's when I realized, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a lender. And then I had another builder who got in trouble on a house and needed 25 grand to finish it. And he called me up and I loaned him money. I'm like, yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. So, yeah. Um, so anyways, so uh, early on, I was always wanting to deploy cash, but my whole thing was been to compound cash because you want to be ready when a deal comes along so that you can take it down. And then you want to have the lenders ready with your information at any time so that once you take it down, you can call them and then refinance it out and pull your cash back out and, yeah, that, you know, leave as little in there as possible. So it's so funny. And, yeah. It's so funny. Our, our history on this is so similar. The first eight years of my career, it was all just me trudging away at a W-2 job and, you know, living modestly, living below my means, saving up the next for the down payment once it got to a certain number, right? So let's be clear. When I say cash, I always had an emergency reserve. That was always mm -hmm. somewhere else, right? It was not like I used that just to, just so people don't misunderstand. I didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Early on, man, I was... <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 go. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we had the emergency fund, never touched it. Uh, but yeah, every time I got to a certain number, call it 15, call it 20 grand, because that's about what it took for a down payment. I'd buy another house just as fast as I could. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, as the market took off and deals were harder to find, then, you know, you find other ways and then the market crashes. Banks are telling me, no, I never had a bank tell me no. 800 credit score, seven figure net worth, six figure income, never missed a payment. Banks told me no. I'm like, I didn't know that was possible. So deals were everywhere. So I had to go find money, hard money first, then private money. Yeah. Private money. I mean, millions of dollars raised in 2010. If just tell people what you're doing, offer them what they want. Listen, you want 10% interest. Great. I can make that work and just recycle my cash. So I would, I would buy it, close, refi, get all my money back. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Magic. Yeah, it took me a long time to get there and see. So the difference was, so I had a bunch of companies, so I had cash flow. So I had a yeah. number of different businesses. So I had a lot of cash coming in. Uh, so I wasn't worried about clearing out the bank account because I would do it. You know, if something came up, I'd, <laughs> you know, because I knew I had more coming in next week. I'd build right. this, build that, collect this, you know, money coming in. So I wasn't really worried about that. Um, you know, at a certain point now, I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm just yeah. saying that's yeah. how I rolled back then, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I was learning, right. I didn't know any better. And um, when I first started, you know, to what, to your point, I had great, you know, uh, credit. I had um, businesses, uh, but I could not get a bank to loan me money for anything. So I had to finance my first companies um, on, you know, credit cards, yeah. um, taking, you know, car loans to buy vehicles for my companies. As I grew them, I had to finance them all, sure. you know, just I had to do anything and everything I could creatively until I started really establishing myself as a business after a number of years, but yeah, the banks would not lend to me. It was the most frustrating thing when I first started out. Yeah. So we've all been there. That's, that's for sure. Um, now, now let's fast forward to today. Let's, we, we won't say actual numbers, but let's just say you have a fair amount of cash today as I do. Uh, when you look at cash management today, I, I mean, like, let's go back to like April, right? We're right in the depths of the dark winters. We don't know what's happening. What were you, were you doing anything different when you're cash or 
did you look at it differently? Probably wasn't burning a hole in your pocket, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm in no hurry to do anything. I'm in a different stage now. So, yeah. you, you know, I'm more selective with what I do. And, you know, this stage of my life, I'm more about, you know, impact and sharing the lessons of what I've learned over the years and, you know, trying to give back before I check out because you just never know when that's yeah. going to be. And, um, and I, I like to do deals. I like to do things. And I understand myself, you know, I'm a risk taker. So sure. I have to be careful. You know, um, and again, what I challenge myself to do is to do deals without using my own money. So ah, still, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Still. Cause I have, you know, I've got tons of people all the time looking to do something, you know, that right. want to do deals and they're very liquid. They, you know, they yeah. make us look like, you know, beginners and, uh, <laughs> you know, just these relationships I've built over the years and, you know, they're always looking for deals and opportunities. So okay. I don't really have to use cash, you know, um, unless it's something I want to just do on my own and nobody else, then that's yeah. different. But uh, but yeah, I'm very careful and cautious right now. I'm in no hurry to do anything right now just because there's still a lot of uncertainty. There's still, you know, a little bit of a road ahead of us, sure. you know, until we know where things are going to be, what the tax, you know, environment's going to look like. I can't assess that risk yet because I don't know what's tax yeah. policy going to look like, For sure. what's the regulatory environment going to look like in terms of uh, rent controls, things like that, the approval process for development, anti-development, yeah. pro-development, you know, what are these things going to look like? you know, with the new administration at, at certain levels. So, um, you know, and even at the state and local level, what are, what are the taxes going to look like on things there? So yeah. it's a very difficult time to move on anything long-term right now. Uh, but interest rates are so cheap that, you know, the money's free. So yeah. you almost don't want to use your cash. I mean, it, it almost costs you money to use your cash now with the way interest rates are versus three, four, five years ago. It made a lot more sense, you know, especially early on, in my career to use your cash versus the bank, because, you know, you're making 10%, mm -hmm. but nowadays you can borrow money and, you know, sub 3%. So it's, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to use your cash. Yeah. What I'll say these days, and again, it, I mean, again, I remember where I was 10 years ago, where it would come in my account, it would be deployed on an asset ASAP. Uh, I have no problem just letting cash build in a money market account. I and mean, I'm not looking to, I'm not looking to maximize an extra half a percent. Right. I, I have it split out over bank accounts. Yeah. So the FDIC limits and all of that are in play. Uh, but yeah, I, I have no problem just sitting on it. It doesn't bother me one iota. I was earning two and a half percent before. And now I'm earning half a percent. Doesn't bother me at all. Uh, if, a, if a deal of a lifetime comes along, I'll strike. If not, I'm just going to sit tight and wait. Yeah, you're keeping up with, you know, inflation, if we can ever get back to inflation. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, you know, why use it when you can borrow and just keep that there? for whatever because you know something is going to come along where you're going to be like dang it i wish i had that cash absolutely i've learned that lesson yeah so mm -hmm. like you said once you deploy it's like oh yeah i i keep it a lot i keep it by you know a when you we're refining some apartments right now so it's nice to have a big cash balance so you look safe and all of that uh, you're not you're not running skinny business but yeah it's, yeah cash it's, is king and you know you don't want to get yourself into a position where you feel like you have to do a deal just to keep the cash moving, just to keep, yeah. you know, feeling like you're growing, growing, growing and, and, you know, make some bad decisions. So That's... you always want to be patient. You always want to be willing to walk away from a deal. If it doesn't work, if there's something that stinks about it, you just don't have a good feeling, let it go. Some, you know, you just never know. And a lot of times I've walked away from deals that came back a year, two years, five years later, much better opportunities than, than initially. Yeah. I just want to go over that one more time. We're both in a position and I want, I want the listeners to be there too, is you don't have to do a deal, right? The, you, trust me, if you have 50, 100, 500, whatever it is, cash in the bank, you don't have to do a deal. Yeah. Um, just that's a, 
that's a dangerous feeling, especially today that you, you know, like you have to repel cash. Like if you believe cash is trash, some, and some people follow me, believe cash is trash. Like it has to be deployed. Trust me. It's not trash. Yeah. Cash is king. It always will be. We're the reserve currency of the world. We always will be the, you know, the yuan's not going to take over, you know, it just isn't going to change, uh, yeah. you know, and if it did, then, you know, the world economy is a whole different yeah, ball game at that point. Yeah, um, but, you know, early in my career, you know, I remember when I first started doing spec houses and things like that, you know, I want, I, I had this, I wanted to buy every lot that mm. came on the market because lots were not for sale. They weren't available. So whenever something came on the market, I was out there buying them up because, right. you, you know, I wanted inventory and I wanted to keep doing projects and building and selling. So I did have a big, you know, fear of missing out sense of urgency back then, but that was pre 2008, nine when things were just up and up and up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was really interesting because I had a sense that, you know, it was never going to end, but it couldn't last forever. If that <laughs> makes sense in terms of how urgent I was, yeah. you know? So I was confident in what I do today is going to be worth more tomorrow, but this could be over sometime, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was a really interesting phase to be in. Yeah, very, very cool. So any uh, any closing thoughts? I don't know if we want to call it cash management or, or holding cash as we wrap this up. Yeah, just be smart, be nimble, be liquid so that you can take advantage of the right opportunity when it comes along and you'll know what that is when it comes along. And generally that means you're going to double your money or better. Yeah, and again, I want to just close with cash is king. It's not trash. I think there's, there's that dichotomy out there in the world, right? Ray Dalio says cash is trash and others say cash is king. If you're in the real estate investing business, Trust me, having cash is uh, is never a bad thing. Well, when you hear somebody like Ray say that, you should send him an email and say, hey, I'll be happy to take your trash out for you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to use that. All right, man. Thank you very much. Enjoy the week and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too, Michael. Thank you.